Today's message was recorded live at the Middletown Seventh-day Adventist Church of Louisville, Kentucky, a safe environment where people relationships become kingdom relationships. Find us online at www.friendlychurch.com. It was a dark night in that hospital room. It was lit up by the fluorescent lights. Every machine was blinking in a different section. There was a weariness and and a helplessness that hung over our shoulders. We had been watching her just lie there, just lie there, not responding, not doing anything. A few moans here and there. They said the surgery was a success, but I didn't believe it. The coma that she had slipped in was still holding on. We packed up and headed home because there was nothing else we could do. And we had small children to tend to, to get ready for church the next morning. So the next morning, I woke up early and I pulled away from those church preparations just to go visit one more time before church. She was still lying there and not responding. I felt hopeless. My heart was heavy with sadness that this could be, how could this be? She just lying there. I brushed away the tears and there was no one else around. So I grabbed her hand. It was warm, but lifeless. And I began praying to the good God almighty, Lord, please, if it is your will, heal her. But if not, please prepare me because I'm not ready for this. I'm too young. I've never had to deal with this. Please, Lord, help me. So I quietly said amen and exited the room, went and got the rest of our crew and drove to church. After church, we dropped off our rental kids that we used to have. And we went to the hospital for some more visit time. The doors opened, the ICU unit. We walked in, and we could see through the curtains about eight or nine sets of legs. My brain went straight to like ER and all the emergency and all the TV shows that when you see that, that is not a good sign. So, and they were grabbing the machines, and they surrounded her, and they were talking all these medical terms, and I thought, This is it. I gasped. Tears started streaming down my face. I grabbed Stephanie's hand and we kind of started walking a little closer and closer. And I saw someone come out and I said, what is going on? And at that moment, I stopped in my tracks because I heard from the room, Joey, Joey, is that you? I opened the door or walked into the door, and there she was. Just like my heart filled with joy, just like a child getting their favorite toy as a gift, there she was, awake, alert, talking to me. And I thought, praise, praise the Lord. She had come out of that coma that she had went into before the surgery. And they were just moving her to a different room because now her level had changed to where she was. Unfortunately, that was a great day for us and a praise the Lord moment. 
But unfortunately, it wasn't the last time I, we had close calls before my mother finally fell asleep years and years later. But at that moment, it was a dark time and hurtful, and I didn't know what was going on. But I prayed. And God showed up. And it wasn't her time because it wasn't her time because she hadn't accepted fully Jesus yet. Years after that, I was able to baptize my mother. So then when she finally did go to sleep, I could know in my heart that she was taken care of. So Jesus is that light in those dark places. Jesus is that light that shows up. Just like I talked about last week about the disciples' breath being taken away when Jesus returned to that upper room, when they were huddled in fear and Jesus just showed up. I would love to watch a video of that and see that moment when Jesus showed up and said, guys, did you forget? I told you it was going to be this way. He is that blazing light. And in their saddest moments, he shows up to show off his glory. God is an all-powerful God. Turn with me to Philippians 4. Philippians 4. Philippians 4, verse 19. Philippians 4, verse 19. And Paul says, And my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of His glory in Jesus Christ. How many, of you, how many of your needs? All of your needs. Not just some of them, not just a few of them, but all of them. In the glory of His Son. I know each of us have had moments where we are in despair and we don't know what's going on and we pray and God shows up or miracles happen around us. And if we pay attention to these miracles, we'll see more and more and more but then we forget. Then we forget. Because if you think about the disciples, how many miracles did they see Jesus do? Like there, not just reading in a book and saying, I have to believe in faith that he did that. And he said he's going to do it. But they actually got to see it. And he told them, this is going to happen. This is what's happening. I need to be faithful. And they forget. And they fall asleep. Or Peter denies because he's scared to own up to who he knows because he forgot who God is. And I think sometimes in our lives, in our faith, we do the same thing. We allow that faith to slip down deep. And then when something bad happens, we're like, what? But if we just have faith and know that eventually he is going to take care of it. He is in control. We tend to forget that. So when we look back at our lives, and see the moments where God took our breaths away. When he showed up and showed out his glory. So, we need to ask ourselves, when we get into those situations, when we even get close, we need to remember him first. Not, well, have you, how many of you ever said, well, the least I could do is pray for you? The least the least, I have been trying to stop myself from saying that. 
Because the first thing and the most powerful thing I can do for you is to pray. Not the least thing, the most powerful first thing I should do, but we tend not to. And I've challenged myself in, in past that when someone asks for something or I'm talking to someone, to stop and say, let's pray right here, right now. I'm a terrible at it. I don't really do it. But there was one time that I met a friend in the Kroger aisle. And she had just came from the doctor where she had just found out she was diagnosed with cancer. And I said, well, let's pray right here. And we sat there and we could hear carts walking past us and everything else. But she, after we were done praying, she's like, that was amazing. Thank you so very much for that. She's like, I can't believe you just stopped everything and did it. I'm like, back in my head, I'm like, yeah, I can't believe I did that either. But God said, pray, and I prayed. So we need to ask ourselves, won't he do it? Won't he do it? One of my favorite uh, Corin Hawthorne songs is by that same title, Won't He Do It? Won't he do it? He said he would. He'll fight your battles for you. People are going to wonder how you sleep at night with all this stuff going on. But won't he do it? Oh, yes, he will. If anyone tells you it's something different, it's a lie. You're going to look back and be so amazed at how it turned out, and it was only his grace that could have made it happen. Won't he do it? He said he would. So I can trust him in all times. So we need to ask ourselves, won't he do it? And then my answer to that is, yes, he can. Yes, he can. Let's turn to 1 John 4. First John 4 and verse 4. First John chapter four, verse four, and it says, you, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than he who is of the world. The one that is in you is greater. So no matter what this world throws at us, no matter what we go through, the one that's in me is greater than anything this world has to, to offer or to throw, throw at me or anything. Jesus is the Almighty God. He will. He will take care of me. He said He would, so I can take that to the bank. His Word is unfathomable. Unfortunately, unlike humans, when He says something, He'll take care of it. So there are times in history, in the Bible, when you look at that God showed up, where we thought was maybe the last humanly second possible. But it was on God's time. Because He knew He had to show up at a certain time for us not to think that it was me. Right? Because if I think it's me, I get a big head as a human and I think I can do it. 
right? How many of us struggle and fight the storm like the disciples did before we go, oh, probably should have woke Jesus up first, right? Whenever I read that story about the disciples and the ship, I'm always thinking, it doesn't tell you how long they fought the storm before they said, it's over, right? And then at, at that moment, Jesus shows up, calms the storm, and takes away any doubt of who did that. If you look back again in history, the American Revolution is an interesting war. Because if you look at it as a military strategist, the American colonists had zero chance. We didn't really have a navy. Britain had the most powerful navy in the world at that time. They had about 32,000 expeditionary force army. So not even their whole army, just kind of their little group that sent here. 32,000, they were battle trained or battle hardened, thoroughly trained, on par with you know, being one of the most powerful armies in the world at that time too. And we had a bunch of colonists who had a belief and were less than 20,000. So imagine like the bulls of the 90s going up against a bunch of freshmen in college. That's probably close to that scenario. But yet God ordained that America would be here and we won. And we won. And you can look in all the stories and everything and how there was many, many times where we were on the brink of still drinking tea in the afternoon here. But then when you look at like Gideon, I love the story of Gideon, whether they're slurping ice cream to get, you know, brain freezes or how they drink water. But they were going up against their enemy, and they had like 22,000, I think it was, soldiers. And God said, mm, too much. And you would think Gideon, who just did his little wet fleece, dry fleece scenario, talked to an angel, you think he'd be like, oh, okay. I'm sure he was scared. He said, but, but God, can, 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 I, can I talk to you, God? Like, I just want to give you a little scenario here. They got a lot of people. We have about that many. And you want me to have less? So he narrowed it down. He said, all right, God, we're ready. He's like, nope, too many. So he gets down to 300 people. Because if the Israelites were able to win with their full strength of their army, who would take the glory? They would have. They would have been like, we did it, guys. Woohoo! High fives all around. But God says, no, I want to show you who is the most powerful. I want to take away any doubt as to who was going to do it. That who is going to take care of us. If you look at David and Goliath, the 12-year-old boy versus a giant, if it wasn't for God, we wouldn't have that story to tell. Or what about the three Hebrew boys 
They got shoved into that fire. If it wasn't for Jesus showing up and going through the fire with them. So God's not going to protect us from everything. But he's going to be with us through everything. If you turn to Matthew 28... Matthew 28, verse 20. It ends with, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Surely I am with you to the very end of the age. So Jesus said it. Is he going to do it? Yes. So we can look at that, and we don't have to question, won't he do it? Because he's going to do it. He is going to do that. And I think here, Jesus knows what it is to be separated from God. So he wants to assure us we never have to go through that dark time. That he is going to be with us forever. To the end of the age. Turn over to Romans 8. Romans 8. Romans 8, chat, verses 28. It says... We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. If God has called a purpose on your life, no one's going to stop that. If you choose to have faith and follow it. You have to choose to follow that faith. He says, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. Those who justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? No one. Jesus Christ, who died more than that, he was raised to life is at the right hand of God and interceding for us. And who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble? No. What about hardship? Or persecution? Or famine? Nakedness? Danger? Sword? Pandemic? 
human ignorance. Is any of that going to separate us from the love of Christ? For we say, we, for your sake, we face all day long, he says, and we are considered asleep sheep to the slaughter. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him. What are we? More than conquerors. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither present nor future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all the creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. Nothing's going to separate us from the love of God. We are more than conquerors throughout. The, uh, the one funny thing I tell the youth about social media and me is I don't think my life is that important or that interesting that everyone else wants to know about it. That's just me. Everyone else has some cool lives and everything, but that's just me. However, when you look back, when I look back, there are many, many times where God has showed up. The reason I'm standing here in Kentucky is a mere miracle of God. Because when I was in Columbus, Ohio, working for Kraft Foods, they were getting ready to shut down. Kraft was leaving, and there was going to be a third party come in and run the warehouse. I was basically what they would consider a number two level associate. The job that I got promoted to here was a level six. People in that room, when they offered me the job, said, we have never, ever seen anyone go from a two to a six without a degree. And I said, oh, really? I think I know why. That was just me. But, but they've never seen that. I don't have a degree, still don't have a degree to this day. But God said, I have a purpose for you. I have something for you to do down there. And I would think all the youth would appreciate that I'm here. (laughs) But that promotion and then even things that happened at my home church where we used to go in Ohio, things changed dramatically those last three or four months before I got that promotion. A lot of the stuff that I did, a lot of the the offices that I had, for some reason, the rules changed and I couldn't be in those positions anymore. I mean, I literally ran the church as an intern, head elder, pastor, whatever you want to call it, for four months before then. But God knew that I would not have left and taken that job here if I still had all these ties to what I was doing there. So God's like, let me, let me get rid of some of those distractions, Mr. Carr. And now I've got your purpose here. And it was scary because we moved from there to here not knowing anybody. Just Stephanie and I. And really for the first few months, it was a lot of times it was just me. Because <laughs> Stephanie's like, I'm going to go back home. <laughs> I got something to do with the church or the family. I'm like, okay, I'll see you on Thursday. But we trusted and knew that if we believed in God, if we trusted in Him, 
Won't he do it? Yes, he will. He's going to take care of us. He is in control no matter what is going on. No matter who is in office, what rules, regulations are going on. I am called to be a good citizen. I am called to respect authority. I am called to do these things because I know God's going to take care of me. God's going to take care of me. And we are called. Hebrews 13 says, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. And I've talked to my class, because that's what I do a lot, um, about the fact that God calls us to love one another just as I've loved you. But I think we have lost the fact that we have stopped loving ourselves. So if I don't love myself, how can I give love to someone else? How can I show that? Just like when I read early on that God loved the world so much He gave His, fur, His, His only Son away. To me, that's what my father did, so I didn't see any value in that until I held a little child in my arms. And then it made sense. So, we need to get our self-worth from God, knowing who He is, what He's going to do for us, if we have faith and trust, so we can love one another. And that's what this world needs right here, right now. We need to get rid of all the junk and all that stuff and just love one another as brothers and sisters. Because I am no better than anyone else. Christ died for me just like he did for everybody else. We need to not forget, continuing back to Hebrews, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison. And those who are mistreated as if yourself were suffering. It says marriage should be honored by all and marriage be kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Keep your lives free from the love of money. Be content with what you have. Because God said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we can say with confidence. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? If God is for me, if I know that he's going to do it, I don't have to question, won't he do it? He's going to do it. If I have that faith and that trust in him, what can mere mortals do to me? Right? You can break my body, you can tear me down but I know whose I am. I know who is there. Because I am not going to find my help and my salvation from someone in an office. I'm going to find it from someone on a tree. So we need to realize and remember, let's stop questioning, won't he do it? And just know, he's going to do it. He is going to do it. We can trust Him. 
at all times. Because he showed up the last time, and the last time, and the last time. We just need to stop forgetting about all those last times. And know he's got this. He has this. So let's pray. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, it is truly amazing when we actually take the time and look back that all the times that you showed up and showed out. So Lord, I ask now that each of us prayerfully consider that to strengthen our faith to face what we have to face today and know that we don't have to question because you said it and you're going to do it. So Lord, be with us and guide us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.